0: I'm putting pressure on myself for what purpose? Um, because I enjoy running; it's cathartic to me. It's something that I like. I really need to do for my my mental health. It feels good for that. So why am I adding this pressure on?
1: one's Radio episode eight hundred and sixty-eight starts in three, two. Hey guys! Uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you in part by uh, the consultation side of my business, um, which that kind of sounds a little bit weary, but basically the, the consultation calls, the one-off calls that uh, are available if it's something that you think might be helpful. So I've been having a, a fair number of calls lately with folks that are you know struggling with maybe how to um, you know kind of navigate training in a world where there's not a whole lot of races right now due to the COVID-19 situation um, or, you know, what, what to do to maintain the base or how to, you know, kind of address this little uh, issue, this little niggle that I've been dealing with and, and with no races right now, should I take some time off? Should I do this? Should I do that? What what should I deal with? Um, how should I kind of proceed forward? And uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of get to talk to some of you guys and, and hopefully, you know, if, if uh, the words that followed my mouth uh, are, are useful to be helpful to, to give some insight, to maybe give a different perspective, looking at the situation more objectively, because you're in the situation. I'm not. So, you know, you're explaining things and I can go, Hey, wait, have you looked at it this way? And sometimes that's all it takes. And you go, Oh yeah, I could, I could try this. Maybe that would work. And then, you know, we're off to the proverbial races at that point, uh, with the issue hopefully addressed. And so if there's something you're struggling with that you think that maybe, you know, talking, talking through it with me. If you think that maybe I might know something, which I, I, that might be a bold stretch. I understand that, but maybe you think that I could help you with whatever it is, is that you're struggling with dot slash consultation is the link for all of the details. Uh, you sign up, it gives you a link to my calendar and uh, you just pick a time that is open, that works for you. And a uh, bada boom, bada bam, where we are on the phone talking through, you know, 20, 30 minutes, something like that, whatever it takes to, to get your questions answered uh, and hopefully give you some clarity on how to move forward. That'll hopefully get you to where you're trying to be. So uh, if if you would like to get on the the phone, talk through whatever you're struggling with, com slash consultation, all the infos there. And if you have any questions, just let me know. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a, a gentleman and a scholar that I used to work with. And uh, so I've gotten to know him pretty well over the years, uh, certainly while working with him and, and helping him through or kind of helping to try to navigate him through some ups and downs in kind of his running life that, uh, uh, you know, some of those things that none of us wish to happen, but happened to far too many of us along the way, um, which obviously we'll get into a lot of that as we go. Uh, so no doubt, uh, like I said, we'll talk about that. We've got other stories that we'll get into as well. Um, and so I'm looking forward to catching up a little bit and, and uh, talking some shop with probably the biggest Spurs supporter I know, Mr. Ryan James Cloak. So, Ryan, thanks for uh, joining us today, and, and uh, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, certainly. Looking looking forward to catching up a little bit. Uh, like I said, learning a few things probably that I didn't know uh, from before and, and uh, kind of seeing how things have, have gone recently for you. But, uh, guys, uh, not a lot of social media and whatnot to, to connect with Ryan on, but uh, if you want to... Um, Get the show notes for today, photos, links, all that good stuff for anything we talk about. Disruns.com slash 868. Disruns.com slash 868 is a link to take you back to the show notes for today. So, uh, Ryan, you, you've heard the show before at least once or twice, so you know kind of how the, the flow goes. You know what this, this first question is. Uh, no surprise to you, but uh, always excited or oh, I'm always interested to ask it uh, because I never know exactly where anybody's going to go with that. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why?
0: Well, it's going to be the popular answer of the half marathon. Um, And I've heard a lot of people over the years say about why it's the the best distance for them is because the training can be kept to a a minimum. Um, And also, it's one of those ones that you feel like you can enjoy as you do. Um, It's funny, though, because I definitely thought about the wording of that question um, because I think the word race and run now is a little bit of a difference in my head that if you were to ask the question... What is your favorite uh, distance to run? I would be six miles an hour by myself casually, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that 's part of where i 'm at in my head now where i 'm thinking more about running uh, rather than racing um, as part of my hobby
1: gotcha gotcha that 's uh an interesting way to look at the nuance of the two different words and, and you know i think so often as as runners or at least a lot of runners we tend to just kind of like they're the same like like i mean and they're obviously very similar running and racing but but yeah there's definitely two different ways you know two different mental approaches two different ways that you get after it as far as like are you just got casually running having a good time are you, are you pushing the uh, the pedal to the metal um so i'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting into your head a little bit more and kind of figuring out some of that that uh, distinction between the two um, and we'll get there uh, in, in a minute I'm sure but uh, curious to know what's your kind of running history like Where, where'd you get started in the sport is it something uh, uh, you know growing up in England coming to the states Where, where'd you kind of get started in the sport
0: well, I was never really a very sporty kid. Um, sport and athletics was not something that I was good at. Um, I, everyone plays soccer or football, mm-hmm. depending which way you're going with the wording <laughs> of this as a kid. Um, and I was always, always pretty terrible at that. And so I really didn't do a lot of exercise and, and and that stuff until I moved here. I uh, moved here in 2011. But even then, I was looking at the dates. So I was going through the archives. and being like, When did I run my first run? I ran my first half marathon. In December 2015 mm. uh, so that was a little bit of half a year before that I started to think about running and started to, to do more running and then um, the first half came in December of 2015 so it's not actually that long and I think that's kind of interesting I'm at that stage where I keep adding on two years for every year that passes <laughs> in my life where things become you're, you're telling people that you've been doing something for ten years and you look at the dates and it's only been five or six years because mm. it feels like ten years so yeah that was my first uh, proper race um, I went in pretty blind. Um, I didn't, I was following just a kind of one size fits all, um, training program. I did it. My body experienced lots of ups and downs. It was interesting, but it's still one of the fastest half marathons yeah. that I've done like five years later, which I think is something to be said about going in completely not knowing and not thinking about anything can me, like, I'm just going to run as fast as I can and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, And I obviously had done enough training that it worked out fine, Um, but it was a a good experience. And then from there, it kind of snowballed, and I started doing all the the halves that I could. Um, And then eventually, I got involved with team and training um, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and I ran my first full marathon in 2016. So it was about a year of that kind of transformation. And then sporadically, I've done marathons since, um, still some half marathons, Coincidentally, this year, my plan for this year was to not sign up for any races. So <laughs> it kind of worked out quite well um, in that I haven't had to worry about having things canceled. Um, but my plan was to maybe run one ultra in the in the fall. Um, and I'm still planning on doing that. But something I've kind of come to the conclusion of is that this race is going to be just Ryan's River Run. So mm-hmm. I live in Cambridge I run along the Charles River. And it's me covering the distance and just getting out there and doing it without any external um you know,
1: structure to it. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's one of the uh the things that I know some people struggle to wrap their head around, but if you can wrap your head around the idea of just going out doing doing your own thing, like, you know, set up your own aid stations or figure out where to park the car or where to, you know, leave from the house and, and be able to come back at a certain point to refill, refuel, whatever. Um, you know, you can you can still get in some of those those distances that you know, whether you want to call it an official race or not, I think probably it's probably not really an official race. But you still you're covering the distance. You're doing you're doing the challenge. That's three quarters of the the issue right there. Not the issue, but three quarters of the the achievement right there is is doing the miles and 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 putting in the work to get there. Um, so that'll be that'll be interesting. How to do your first ultra as it's like you said kind of your own little river run like your own those little personal challenge it'll be a uh you know i feel like doing that first ultra is enough of a challenge sometimes itself when it is supported when there's other people out there when there's people at the aid station to help you along uh doing it yourself that's uh that's imp- an impressive uh thing to have on your list i'm excited to see how that goes for you
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's funny the idea of official doing because i think i did grapple with that idea of whether or not something was um official or not or whether it counts and i think that's been part of the adjustment that i've had over the five years of that mm-hmm. if there isn't someone that is doing the timing for you and you don't get a little uh, medal at the end of it does it really count and i think objectively it can if you decide your criteria for it is that you've done it and you mm-hmm. set a goal uh, then it counts to you and, and that's kind of important and i think i dabbled in that a little bit um so the first marathon i did in las vegas um i trained obviously in in new england during mostly the fall i guess um And went to Vegas and had never been to Nevada before, and it's a a dry, dry heat. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was an experience because the time difference, my body was all over the place. I was keen. It was my first one. I was experiencing all the the sensory delights of Las Vegas, and I did the half. uh, The first half of it was pretty good, and then I had such a a major collapse (laughs) that it was just horrific. And it was one of those kind of panic modes where. You don't know what's going on because you haven't experienced it before. So anyone is handing out anything and I'm just like, you know,
1: taking all, the
0: what, <laughs> taking all the things I possibly could. If somebody was like handing out dry oatmeal, I would be just stuffing that in my mouth. <laughs> I'm just, anything is possible. And I'd be like, yep, that's a good thing to take. Uh, and I probably had one of like the most lowest most moments I've had in running where I, I don't know if anyone's done the Las Vegas uh, marathon, but it's it starts off all kind of glitz and glamour. And it's uh, and you feel like, yeah, this is it. This is the icon's. And then after a while, you're just basically running around what is like industrial estates, mm-hmm. like in and out, like houses, there's no one there. And you're kind of stopping and starting and walking. I've never experienced that feeling of my legs just not wanting to work anymore, right. where you're like, oh, my, my brain is going like, do it, you can do it. And then you do it a little bit and then your legs like, nope. Um, and that's <laughs> the first time I was kind of had that body brain connection come up for me. But I'd been um, taking all of the things that people had and me gels, all the, all the things you're not meant to do, which is to put new random things mm-hmm. in, uh, into your GI system. But there's this tiny little park area, and i need to use the restroom and it's for for some reason it's like a built-in restroom toilet because it's a it's a park so it's not just a porta loo and i go in there and i'm having trouble at both ends and all i have <laughs> is this this the, the tiny little mouthwash cup uh, or oh. something that i just swallowed uh, i have my shorts down i'm sitting on the toilet uh needing to do that business i'm literally throwing up <laughs> inside the, the mouthwash cup and I, i'm copying it and you've got a good mouthful of it but it's the size of a mouthwash cup so then the the sick is going into the gussets of my shorts as i sat on the toilet and i'm just like this is miserable and it's like it's mostly hot like sugary water so it's not too bad but then you're just left with a situation where you're like cool i'm gonna have to pull these shorts up and then I'm just gonna have to keep running, and it's just, and I'm walking around this dark industrial state with sick inside my shorts, uh, just thinking, why, why did I sign up for this? But um, yeah, that was one of my low light slash highlights, uh, my first marathon.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like that would be uh, my last marathon too. It might even be my my first DNF in a marathon. Like, just, nope, th- th- nope, this we are not, no, th- no, no, no. So kudos to you for. But <laughs> you know, pulling the shorts back up and continuing along because I think there's a uh, uh, a lot of folks that might uh, might not have been so uh, I don't know stubborn maybe the right word to uh, to get through to the finish line on that particular uh, event.
0: Yeah, I made it through.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so b- backing up just to, just a, a hair uh, into the story here, um, what brought you to the states? What, what you know, you said 2011, uh, you kind of ended up ended up over here. What uh, what brought you to this side of the uh- ocean?
0: I think 90% of the reason people move around the world is love. Uh, so my ex uh, was an American, so I came and did that. Um, and they were from Boston, so we settled here and, um, and and built a little home. And then I think actually there was a bit of a, and I, I think there was probably a transition at the time that we started breaking up and me deciding to run for hours at a time to go and, like, clear, clear my head um, – but it's been an, it's been an interesting experience. Uh, I get excited by a lot of Americanism still where it Mm -hmm. feels novel to me to, to see things that I've seen in TV shows like diners and all those things. Mm -hmm. There's this like inherent joy that I still experience. And it's kind of nice. I think even going around the country to, to different States, I get that new experience when you go somewhere you haven't been You're like, Oh wow, this is like the America from the TV shows Mm -hmm. for good or for ill. Um, it's part of that, but yeah, so i've I've been here that length of time now, nearly ten years. I keep rounding it up gotcha. I'm rounding up to ten years, but it is right. technically not ten years not,
1: not quite there yet, but yeah, like yeah. like you said you, you, at a certain point, you start looking back and everything in the in the the history is way farther back, um, <laughs> yeah. you know and like you said you' adding adding two years for every one or whatever the case might <laughs> be, so you get into running, um run the first half marathon, didn't know exactly what you were maybe doing, but uh had trained up enough that you could just get out there and kind of wing it and have a, a what still is one of the better, uh, race results you've had, uh, interesting marathon experience. Um, where does, uh, where does team and training come into the, into the mix? Is that something that, uh, came in around the same time or more recently? How'd you find your way into, into that side of, you know, kind of the charity fundraising, uh, component of the sport?
0: Yeah, my, um, my best running friend or my bestie, um, we're both teachers uh, and we had a student pass away from leukemia, um, must've been a year prior to my first marathon. Um, and she had run for team and training and leukemia and lymphoma society previously. Um, so it was a natural thing that came up of like, do you want to do a marathon? Um, neither of us had done it. Um, we knew that there was a cause that we believed in. Um, so we created the the team, the George effect, uh, running in on, in honor of George and raising money. And it felt like a good way to kind of combine something that I was interested in doing and, Um, raising money for a cause that's super important um, and a cause that really does rely on a lot of donations to to fund research. Um, And that felt good. And I think that's been a consistent thread, the the three big marathons that I've done or um, have been through team and training. Um, And I think it's been a good way to support a cause and a good way for what I'm terming myself as a hobby jogger to, to have access to some of these cool races like new york and um like chicago mm-hmm. um ones that i would not be qualifying for uh in a month of sundays but to be able to be part of that experience and to be raising money for a, a cause that is important
1: yeah yeah um was was vegas a team in training race
0: yes it was okay. yeah
1: okay yeah so, so maybe that's that's a little extra motivation, I guess, to keep going when things start uh, start going a bit sideways. It's like, no, 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 I, I, I've got to finish this for for George, for and for all the all the people that donated and all that type of stuff as well.
0: Yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about that about the process of donations because your, but like, my network is not a, a big corporate network; it's a, a network of uh, educators and and people in. Um, non-profit sectors and asking them for donations when it looks like but it made me think when i was a kid that you would have like sponsored runs and you'd be like can you give me 50p um for every lap that i run Mm -hmm. around the school field and it very much was it was determined how much money you would raise was based on if you completed the circuits or the laps to get your 50p it'd be like maybe a sponsored walk or something along those lines and now how it's very different in that you know if I hadn't finished that race, the donation still would have existed. And it just, it made me think a little bit about like the, the, when we do sponsorship and when we do running for that, people are, it's people are looking for reasons to donate and to support mm-hmm. charities. And it doesn't really matter if I finished the race. Um, and also it's kind of commonplace now for people to run marathons. Whereas like a while ago in, in my lifetime, for sure, it talking about running a marathon, you wouldn't be able to, it would be a rarity in a room if you were like, Oh, I ran a marathon, um, and everyone's like, Oh wow, that's so amazing. Now if you're in a dinner party, uh someone's like, Oh, I ran a marathon and the person next to you is like, I ran a marathon this morning <laughs> and then somebody else is like, Well, I ran a, an ultra marathon uh in the middle of last night and it's that the the commonality of it. But it, it does uh make me think about how people are looking to support charities and, and it is a good it's a good vehicle for that. And I think um That's what I think of it as, and that regardless of whether or not I finish or I do well, it's nice to be able to hang my personal goals on that. But really, it's a vehicle to raise awareness and raise money for causes.
1: Yeah, certainly that was something that um, you know I I learned uh, a bit more about last year when I when I joined up with Team and Training to run the the Goofy Challenge, Um, which is you know it's one of those like you have this this clear reason why that was the charity and why you got involved with Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, And for me, it was more of, it was, it was more of a, I don't want to say it means to the end. um, But like, I wanted to make sure I could run that race and like, and, and Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is like the, the title. Uh, sponsor or not title, the title charity of the, 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 uh, January Disney world race weekend. So I was just like, well, shoot, if I fundraise for them, like I'll be for sure to get, you know, cause I wasn't sure if Disney races were still selling out. Cause that was like a big thing for a while they'd sell out in the first like half hour. And I just didn't want to have to worry about it. So I, I just did it purely for the selfish, uh, maybe not for the selfish, but I wanted to run the race. I can raise some money at the same time. You know, it's, it's a good opportunity, mm-hmm. but then you get into it and you do realize, you know, the, the work that they do and, and you know, and so many good charities out there, right? Like there's so many great organizations that are doing uh, very necessary work. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool part of our sport where we can pick a charity that's near and dear to you or pick a charity that, that can help you maybe cross off a goal that you want to do, um, and, and raise some money for, for a good cause. Um, curious and i don't know that i was necessarily planning on going down this route but since we're here uh maybe we'll, we'll take a few more minutes uh i feel like I've, I've done this with most of the folks i've talked to that have, have been you know charity runners especially multiple time charity runners talking about the fundraising component uh, because i know as i've said before that was a big part for me of, of holding me back of like i had been thinking about doing it maybe for a couple of years um before finally pulling the pulling the trigger and making it happen um you know how, how have you found like you said already that that people don't mind giving but it's still, for me at least, a little bit awkward to kind of, you know, walk around with the hat in hand asking for asking for the donations and and supporting the cause. Um, you know, has that been something that was ever a, a challenge for you or or is it something that uh how you know, how have you kind of navigated multiple times? Um, you know, asking folks, going to the same people in the network, asking for more money <laughs> yeah. for another race, that type of thing. Like is how is the, the the fundraising part of of being associated with team and training, uh what's your experience on that front?
0: I think it's been harder as it's I've done it more and more that you kind of um you drain the well a little bit of mm-hmm. um people's ability to donate and it has been difficult but I think that's one of the things that for example um to to run in Boston the the Boston Marathon the cutoff for that the minimum amount to raise gets higher and higher because it's such a lucrative race and I have self-awareness to know that to to get to that level of money would be a little bit too much of my ability to to, to raise money but I think that I've often found ways to try and rebrand um my fundraising um having a little bit different shtick each time like uh america versus uh the uk i I did with one and if america my friends from america raised more money i would um wear american glasses when i ran and the the opposite would be true for the for the uk but it definitely is a challenge i think one of the things that i do notice is that depending on the the people that you you mix around with um because businesses will match donations often yeah. so some of you like oh yeah i just raised this and then my business uh <laughs> right. just matched what i did and i was like cool that's nice um but it 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 all counts and i think that going into it often trying to think of different events like um pizza fundraisers we've done um individual donations are a big thing raffles um, people are looking for, for novelty. So if you make it novel, uh, you can get money towards it, but it is, it is an interesting thing where you know that you've, you've committed to raising a certain amount of money and you want to get there. Um, and if you don't like you, you front the money yourself and you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm an educator and a teacher, I'm not <laughs> rolling in the money around like, cool, I'm just going to put that up. But I think it, it makes it worthwhile. And I think local businesses are often being some of the, the coolest, um, Source of funds because they will give you um, prizes that you can raffle off, and then it's actually c- c- cool prizes like massages or mm-hmm. exercises class that do have a lot of monetary value that you can throw in, and then people are willing to to put more money into the to the raffle situation but I think individually i've raised over ten thousand or just just uh, around ten thousand mark and then as a team um, my running partner harris um, she's she's run more races under team and training, and I think as a total our team is close to 40,000 wow. um, which is she did boston so there's a big chunk of change from the from the boston uh marathon that went there um but yeah
1: yeah it's it's uh you know, and then like you say, every every little bit counts, right? And like you hear those numbers, you're like wow, that's that's pretty awesome. But then you hear some of those other teams that are like, yeah, five hundred thousand, seven hundred fifty thousand. You're like, damn. But again, you know, yeah. it's, it's it's you know, who are you with, and what corporate corporate matches can you get, and things like that. But you know, forty thousand that moves the needle just as I mean, not just as much, but it, it moves the needle, and that's that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah,
0: and they have these big banquets before the races where you have all the people who have been uh, doing it for ten years who have raised these like huge figures, and often their stories about what they do for the organizations are so touching. Um, It just like makes it worthwhile. And I feel like those moments where you hear about um, people's experiences and people often some of the biggest fundraisers are people who have been directly impacted Mm -hmm. um, by leukemia or whatever the the cause is. uh, And it is amazing. And I think that's that kind of lifelong commitment to find a charity that you are really believe in the ethos and the philosophy behind and then be like, cool, over a lifetime, I can, you know, really contribute to this.
1: And yeah, and it's, you know, just, you can draw your parallels to whatever you want, you know, running like every, every mile, like, Oh, like what, one mile, you know, three mile run today. Like, what does that do in the grand scheme of things? Well, it it allows you to keep building and moving in the right direction. And, you know, one, one, one race where you raise a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks, like, well, what does that do in the grand scheme of things? Well, it just keeps things moving in the right direction. So it, it certainly all, uh, builds up and, and, uh, is, is, is valuable. Um, you said, uh, New York and Chicago with team and training as well. What, what were your, uh, what were your thoughts on on running uh, two of the world majors as as a charity run i mean i not even as a charity run but just running them as 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 uh, as a participant i mean those are big big city races big uh, big crowds lots of stuff going on what were your experiences there at, at those two events
0: it's a lot of fun and i think that i think chicago was the height of fun for me because i think during my period of running i i'm kind of a student of your podcast in many ways. I know that we work directly in the coaching thing, but every fun, uh, novel idea that someone's like, this is what you should do uh, to run with, you should try it. So like intermittent fasting, like this is the thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to do heart rate uh, training. That's going to be my thing. So going um, into Chicago, I was i I was pretty relaxed, because I didn't really have a time goal with that, so I really just enjoyed the experience I had been doing the Keto, the primal endurance that was I was on that bandwagon for that <laughs> period of time um and it was fun and I was excited to do it because it was just an epic event. These things are organized so well and uh, and all of the the crowds that come out and cheer just a a real great great experience and I think one of the things I was wondering is what which which did I enjoy more and i think I think I enjoyed Chicago. More, But that's because when I went to New York, I put some pressure on myself to perform in a particular way. But New York is wild uh, in its own interesting way. There was definitely, I think it was like mile 20. There was a woman crossing the street with a giant sheet cake. And she was just (laughs) holding this sheet cake, trying to cross the street. And I was just like, this is the most beautiful sight I've ever seen. This woman <laughs> trying to get this cake from one side of the street to the other as runners are just like, no one's doing particularly well because it's so late in the race. So no one's like looking real good, but they're like slowly navigating and dodging through this woman with the sheet cake. But going through all the boroughs in New York was really cool. It's It definitely felt like a good tourist run to do, um, to, see, uh, to, to see the locations um, with it. And I think, yeah. So I don't, I don't know which one I like uh, the most out of the two. But I think because I've relaxed my expectations of myself um, in Chicago, I was able to enjoy that a little bit more.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes that, that expectation piece can be a, you know, a, a, a double-edged sword because if you hit, if you hit your goals, that's like, it's great. Awesome. Like what a, what a great race. If you come up on the, on the wrong side of the, the it's like, oh, like, you know, what, what could have been versus if you just have no expectations, you just go out, have fun, run and enjoy, enjoy the, enjoy the company, enjoy the crowd, enjoy the course, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, you know, it's, you, you're destined to not have that kind of there's no chance of having a black cloud really hanging over you because whatever, there were no expectations going in. Um, You know, being a, being a, 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 what is the proper, being a proper Englishman, uh, any, Mm. uh, any ambitions of running London one day and and getting the third of the world majors uh, off the list?
0: Yeah. I, I put my name in the draw for uh, last year and didn't get it. Um, So I think I'll keep putting in for the lottery. I think that would be a fun little thing to do. And I think as I move forward, I think one of the things that I think about is that if it's very similar to yourself is like, I want to be able to do this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to run for the rest of my life. Um, So the pressure is off because I have the rest of my life to do it. So if I keep just dropping my hat in to try and do it each year, eventually it will happen. And I think doing Mm -hmm. it around London would feel like a a nice kind of uh, a symbolic uh, gesture for me Mm -hmm. to to run around and experience that. I think that that would be fun, fun to do. It used to be sponsored by a margarine company, which I don't think it is anymore. The, (laughs) Laura, London Marathon. Um, yeah. Uh, but it make me think a little bit, even just talking about Vegas and that idea of um, putting pressure on yourself, that after th- doing Vegas that December, that Christmas day, I ran a marathon distance to try and redeem myself mm. from what had happened. And it's that thing of uh, no one was counting it, but I did a much better time and I felt felt good about it um, and the, the general feeling I've had with timings and, and all those expectations is that I've gone kind of full circle. I started as a complete novice and then I was super into like, okay, I have these time goals. This is what I'm working on. So when I was working with you, I had some clear time Mm -hmm. goals and put a lot of pressure on myself to perform and be like, this is what it looks like. And then, um, and we'll probably talk about it in a little bit, but my labral tear that I got, um, kind of impacted what I could and what I couldn't do. And then I think my philosophy on what, running meant to me kind of changed and evolved a little bit
1: yeah i was i mean we were planning on getting to there probably pretty quick but since you, you brought it up i think that's a, a great uh way to just segue into it let's not let's not disappear and come back to it in five minutes let's just let's just lean into it while we're here so um you know got these got these goals we're working towards um, and all of a sudden the hip's not feeling right and come to come to find out uh, a, a tear of the, the labrum, which is, uh, for those that, that don't speak fluent uh, medical terminology, not that I'm going to speak fluent medical terminology, but the, the basic <laughs> is that it's, it's kind of... I've got a
0: bingo sheet here, here, yeah. for every uh, <laughs> <laughs> medical term.
1: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so uh, around your your hip joint is kind of this, this cartilage-like tissue, kind of like you think about the end of a chicken bone type of situation that, that kind of helps helps hold the, the femur, the, the end of the femur, which is your thigh bone into the hip joint itself, uh, while still allowing for, you know, the, 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 range of motion that we do have, which obviously, you know, your hips and your shoulders, lots of range of motion in both of those, those areas, maybe not coincidentally, there's a labrum in both your hip and your shoulder, um, to, to kind of keep that, that ball in socket, keep the ball in the socket. So you, you find out you tear your, uh, you have a, a, a tear in your, in your labrum and your hip. Um, any idea how that, actually happened because it's some, sometimes you, you know and sometimes it's just like you don't know something's just just not right and eventually that's what you figure out
0: yeah i think that had been i probably i don't think there was a singular moment but i think there was a singular time that i aggravated mm-hmm. which was um the newport um rhode island marathon i was doing and that was april 2018 and it was a time like i had a clear time goal i think i was trying to get under four i'd mm-hmm. done all the training that we'd been kind of planning and i'd been doing everything kind of right and I think the last couple of miles of that race, I was running it with a friend. Um, and I'm not a competitive person in the slightest. Like I think that that's probably clear. But I'm more polite than competitive. And they were kind of having this competitive edge to like the last half of the race, where I was, I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm done here. Like I'm gonna just like gradually get to the finish line, I'm a little bit disappointed. But they kind of were edging and like, oh cool, let's like race this little bit. And out of politeness, I was like, cool, I'm going to push it a little bit uh, more than I like actually want to. It's like there's probably two or three miles left to go. I'm, I'm I know that I'm not in a, a great position, and I think that probably fully aggravated it being like it's so far into the race and then trying to push a little bit at the end when my body wasn't really up to it. But I felt it getting into the car at the end of that race. Like I lifted my leg and I was just like, "Uh, this doesn't feel right. Uh, It feels a a little bit abnormal. So then you don't know because you just instantly are like, maybe I just like stressed it. Maybe it's like the muscle. And I know that we had like lots of conversations about it. And I went through the, from April all the way through to I think it must've been New York that I wasn't fully sure. Like I didn't have a diagnosis. I was trying to be like, rest it, ice it, um, do all the strength training that you can do. And then I think it must've been December. So it was after New York, I had the scan, um, and they were like, Oh cool. Like it's a tear. Um, and that makes sense. And it's kind of, it's nice to have a little diagnosis where somebody's like, yeah, there's a reason why it like feels mm-hmm. weird or feels off. Um, it's like kind of puts your, your mind to ease, um, a little bit. And then I went through this, this period of time where I was, uh, I think I ha- I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with it because there's lots of options and they offer, they're like, okay, you can have surgery, but the results of the surgery are not always great. Like you could flip a coin and it's going to work out for you. Um, I was like, what's the worst case scenario? And they're like, you'd need a hip replacement at mm-hmm. 35 or three at the time and I was like oh that sounds a little bit <laughs> that's, that's a, that sounds a little bit drastic uh I feel like it doesn't feel like I've run on it and I know that I can do a level of distance with it so then I was investigating um ways around it and then I found this um the FA, FAI fix um which essentially a couple of guys that work with people who have hip impingement but their premise is that you don't need to have surgery for a lot of these things. You can build muscles around it to mm-hmm. kind of almost act as this muscular muscle cushion for where the tear is to, to support as you run. And that's really where I'm at and what I'm currently doing. I think I put in my head, like I joke with my friends, that I'm gonna I'm probably gonna need this done or fixed at a surgery level at some point. But I, I slowed down what my goals were and I, I really kind of thought about, well, if I can still run 10 miles and it's okay it just feels off it feels a little bit uncomfortable that self-awareness in my body is going to be my guiding light in this like i know when i'm pushing it too much um i know that if i run fast for a long period of time it gets aggravated even thinking about my gait like if i'm going fast i'm moving my gait differently but if i'm going slow and moving my my chicken bone legs it's funny that you described (laughs) it as a chicken bone because i feel like my legs are like chicken bones uh but like the just reducing the, the 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 gait and the stride all of those things can um can lessen it and i think i've just been kind of dancing around with that but it's it's definitely changed how i've thought about what i'm going for i was like okay well i don't need to have these this pressure i'm not a professional athlete i don't need to, to do that and coincidentally it was kind of actually as you were talking about the, the heart rate training a lot and the the idea which was funny the contrast of that is like okay your goal is to run as slow as you can like <laughs> it's just like the opposite is like yeah you've got to be running as fast as you can and it, and it made me think about purpose and what the purpose of each and individual run is it's like, okay well I'm trying to build a base here or this is my speed day mm-hmm. or I'm trying to do intervals here like what is what is the purpose of my run and I think right now I have that but it's just to to keep moving and to keep a fitness of base and I know that I can push myself um, in mileage a little bit but I can't really push myself in speed too much because that aggravates it um but even with the heart rate training i found myself doing the the thing of like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at my heart rate. I'm looking at my watch. Like when I go out on my run, I'm worried about the time. Mm. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm going too fast. I got to slow down. And it's the same as when you are trying to push yourself to go fast. You're like, you're feeling disappointed that you're, you're not hitting the time that you want. And then coincidentally, I'm feeling mad at myself for like n- my heart rate getting too, too fast and I'm going slow. And I'm, I'm, I kind of had that thought of, what am I really gaining from this? Like I'm putting pressure on myself for what purpose? Mm. Um, because I enjoy running. It's cathartic to me. It's something that I like, I really need to do for my my mental health. It feels good for that. So why am I adding this pressure on? So now with this tear, um, I sh- just kind of self-manage and be like, okay, I'm going to do my runs. I'm going to do my little exercises, my strengthening, uh, like the, the the dog peeing one and the, the mm-hmm. fire hydrant. All of those things are good and and it does help. Um, I was having um, some massage therapy on it, which was also helpful, but that <laughs> i haven 't had that since february, so it 's been a been a while um, but it but what it looks like for me running now is that i have definitely taken the pressure off myself in any shape or form i 'll run along the charles and now i 'll stop and I'll Mm. take a photograph. And I'd be like, cool, this is this beautiful sky and I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna take a photo of it and I'm gonna look at it. And sometimes people, people do that thing where they're walking along And they think that you're taking a picture of something that is super exciting because you've stopped Mm -hmm. running. You're taking out your phone and people are looking at you like, oh, they must be looking at something really exciting. And it's like, oh, no, he's just literally taking a picture of that tree. (laughs) That tree (laughs) is just there. But I'm happy to do that now. I'm happy to kind of like pull off the the brakes a little bit and just kind of enjoy it and feel gratitude when I run and be like, cool. When it was really bad, like after I knew that I damaged my hip, um, that... I wasn't able to do the thing that I actually enjoy doing. And now I'm like, cool, I am really feel really grateful that I have the ability to go and do it. And even in the long runs that I'm trying to build up to this ultra right now, there's a level of I'm doing it without pressure. So if I, I'm running around the river, I'm coming back to my house, I'm like, cool, I'm going to use the restroom um, and do that. And that's cool. And then I'm going to go back out again. Whereas if you'd caught me... Three years ago, I'd be like, well, you can't stop to, to use the bathroom because what happens if you develop a dependency to need the bathroom in a race? And that's going <laughs> to impact your time. And like all of those thoughts in my head, I'm like, no, it's fine. You can go to the bathroom and you can then keep running and, and it's good and you're still doing the thing that you need to do. And even with the water, I know um, I put in the, the Facebook group, I asked about like people using camelbacks and what their experience with that because the water fountains mm-hmm. um, don't have access to. And there's a period of time where I probably would have been like, okay, well, if they don't have the water fountains, I'm going to take a little, tiny little bottle of water. But I associated not drinking water and fueling my. Like there's a level of fitness and toughness mm. that are attached that if I can run this without having this, then I, I've. That's showing that I'm improving, that I'm showing fitness. Whereas now I'm like, cool, my body likes water when I drink it, <laughs> I run long distances. So I think I'm going to give it what, what it wants, and that's okay. Um, and that was that's been a bit of a revelation for me to just really just be like, cool, you can enjoy it. You can give your body what you want. Um, and I've dabbled with it. Like I found the keto thing fascinating to mm-hmm. me. That was so interesting because I, I had a pro- problem with moderation of like I either do something fully or I don't do it at all. And I did it fully. So I did like the, the sugars were gone. Um, I was doing the, the high fat, uh, low carbs and I did it really well. I didn't have any alcohol, like all of that stuff. And it was pretty fascinating to see what my body did. Like at the end of a Friday, a whole day teaching kids, um, my brain was still firing and sharp at like 8.30 at night. Like I was I was like, wow, that's fascinating. That's not normally what it's like. <laughs> not what it's like at all. And then like in contrast to to Vegas where I'm like shoveling a, a bunch of random things in my body to fuel it. I just had a handful of almonds, um, and a couple of salt sticks. and I did the whole of Chicago and I didn't stop. I didn't break down. And I was like, it's very fascinating what your, your body can do. And I have enjoyed dabbling with that stuff, but I think I want to, if I'm going to dabble with anything now, I'm going to do it in a way that just doesn't have the pressure and just be like, just yeah. enjoy your body. Enjoy the sights, Enjoy like the space that you're in.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I wish that you didn't have to go through the injury to have that kind of perspective shift um and and i don't know and maybe this is gonna be the next question if if you feel like you had to have the injury to get that perspective shift but boy it sure it sure opens up the the world of possibilities right when it's when it's all just fun and there's not the pressure and you can try something different and if it works great and if it doesn't work you learn something, and and you move forward. But I guess I guess going back to that question, and obviously impossible to to know because the situation played out how it how it did. But do you think you could have had that shift without the injury, or would it have taken longer, or, or no? Were you you know just maybe even though you say you're not super competitive, like you had focused focused goals, like you know what do you, how do you think that would have played out?
0: Yeah, I think I would have been on the cycle more. I would have been trying. Every new suggestion, and fully committing to whatever the thing was going to be to help me shave off that time mm-hmm. um because I was kind of and it wasn't you know like i said i I definitely class myself as a hobby jogger like i'm I was trying to get into the under the one forties for the half and then uh consistently under four for the full marathon um and I think I probably would have kept on working really hard at that, and I think I would have got to that. i I did experience it a couple of times, and I've heard people talk about where you just kind of get sick of running a little mm-hmm. bit like you're like well. I don't really enjoy this anymore and I think that I would have kept on putting my pressure pressure on myself and maybe I would have got to the point where I just didn't really want to do it at all anymore Um, or I think I might have jam damaged myself in some other way I think one of the most fascinating thing is that saying that I didn't have a particularly sporty background your uh, how you think of your body and what you're capable of and your limits is interesting that when you're pushing yourself you I felt like I always assumed the worst of myself that if I wanted to stop it's because like I'm being weak or that like I'm like not trying as hard as I should. And then I think I slowly started to experience this idea that my mind could power through anything in terms of pain, which, you know, you're getting signals from your body to to slow down for a reason. And like our ability to push through that pain on the one hand can be a positive sometimes, but actually it can be a negative. So I think that I probably would have just kept pushing myself into to something else popped mm-hmm. along the way. Uh yeah. So I think I, I'm kinda happy where it all landed.
1: Yeah, I I uh you know you you're saying that you kind of it's it's that blessing and the curse, right? That we can we can push ourselves. Um but yeah, like there's a time and a place where, you know, at, at the last 5k of a marathon that you're that you're doing well on, like, yeah, there's there's discomfort and there's fatigue and there's all these things, but like you know, if you're if you're well enough in tune with your body, you've done the training. Like in theory, nothing's really wrong. It's just uncomfortable. So that's where you you mm-hmm. know push through, dig deep, and 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 hammer it and finish. Um, but but if you just have that mentality all the time, when something is painful, when something is more seriously wrong, uh, and and you know continuing to push typically doesn't solve the problem. Typically makes it worse. Like you said, till something goes wrong. And and I, I wish that uh, all of us could maybe figure that that fine line out without going over it. But I think a lot of times that's what really, what it really takes is, is, is having the injury, having the burnout, having the, the, whatever the negative to kind of recognize like, Oh yeah. All right. Note to self. Like, this, okay, this not so good. And I need to respect that and, and recognize that, um, you know, it doesn't need to hurt all the time and no pain, no gain is not uh, exactly uh, a sound philosophy when it comes to really anything, but especially to, to running when you, when your goal is to run for the next 20, 30, 50 years, as opposed to, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to do the best I can three weeks from now. So it's, it's, yeah. it's all about and that I perspective.
0: I, I see that with people now. Um, who start in the the sport or in the hobby and they're like cool I get really into this and I get really jazzed and I like go full belt and then something goes wrong I hurt myself and then I stop um because it like I've done something like really bad to my body because I push myself too much and I think like everyone is so hard on themselves and we put ourselves under so much pressure in like so many walks of life um but running is a good example where it's like cool just if you listen to your body uh, it will tell you a lot of information and and respond to it. And, you know, if you're out there doing the run in the first place, you're showing that you've got some, some grit and determination. Mm -hmm. If you're getting to that point that you've been out for a couple of hours doing the thing, you're, you know, you don't have to prove to yourself that you're capable of doing it. If you've been doing the training, you've been doing it in little bits every single day, uh, every single time of training. And, you know, when it comes to those decisions, you'd be like, am I being weak by not pushing myself? Uh, it's like, you're probably not. There's probably a reason for it. Um, and I'm saying that very much in the the classification <laughs> of uh, hobby jogger. <laughs> I feel like I've listened to a lot of elites who would maybe probably have a different uh, uh, perspective on that, but
1: well but they do but but that's one of those situations where and i've heard folks say before like you know learn from learn from the elites right like do it do what they do mimic that into your own your own life your own training if you want to get the best out of yourself but you know how many of the elites and and you know obviously there's an exception to every rule right but like how many of the elites like they have their their one or two years where they're like really at the pinnacle but then mm-hmm. something breaks they can't they can't just keep hammering they can't keep walking that razor's edge forever Um, and, and, you know, it's not like they're still kind of hovering around the top. It's like, they just fall off and, yeah and, and, and maybe that's, you know, to have that, that mountaintop experience, like maybe that's what it takes. That's a a trade-off you have to be willing to take, but for you and Mm -hmm. I, and, and I would imagine probably 99.9% of the folks listening, like I know as much as I want to qualify for Boston, I don't want to qualify for Boston at the expense of never being able to run again, you know? So like, it's, 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 it's recognizing that, that what the elites do to be elite is probably, you know, like, I don't spend six hours a day getting massages and taking naps and, and doing all those yeah. things, which I, I don't say that in in judgment. I just say, like, that's what it takes to be an elite. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, and, and I and think
0: sometimes we put ourselves on the pedestal of being like, okay, well, I'm just going to have a full-time job and I'm going to train, like, a, a professional athlete. And But, you know, those two ideas are pretty whole, hard to hold at the, the same time, but we hold ourselves to that expectation because we want to do those things. Right. So we're like, okay, well, I need to be able to you know, go to work, you know, take the dog out and then do this and do that. And it's, and it's, you know, it's a professional athlete's job is to do the, the, the being the athlete. So all of the, the training and all that is their job. They're not having to, to go and, you know, um, work and, you know, expend energy doing those things. Their job is to like, my job right now is to get that six hour massage. Like Mm -hmm. that's part of my job uh, versus like, I'm going to go and like uh, send emails for five hours and like edit videos or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, again, it all comes down to perspective, which I kind of feel like has been, uh, maybe, maybe the takeaway for today is kind of a, a revolving topic of different ways of looking at things and perspective changes over time um, as, as we're getting close to, to wrapping up today ryan though uh um, kind of one more kind of question, I think about the, the hip and the kind of how things have changed with the, with the labral tear and, and adjustments that you've made. Um, you know, like you said, still able to do some, some distance, the distance seems to be less of an issue than, than pushing the pace. Um, which kind of makes sense. I mean, that's a lot of soft tissue types of things. Like if you, when you push, you know, you generate maximum force with, with the speed work, things like that, like you're, you're asking for things to, to be a little bit more, uh, you just put more, more tension, more pressure on the different parts of the body. Um, but uh, you know, have, have you had to adjust, or how have you had to adjust your level of base? Maybe more cross training, maybe more other things to to maintain, so that when you do, you know, your own ultra, or when you when you get in a, a race with team and training to do a marathon or whatever, um, you know, how do you, how do you keep from almost feeling like you're starting from square one every time there, there's something else that, that comes up because you're trying not to do too much to the hip, but you're trying to maintain. Like it's it's a balancing act, I know. But how have you kind of been able to do that balance in the last couple of years
0: it's been a lot cross training like i'll use the the cross trainer once a week for a good hour um that's that was like my norm to try to get to that but as well um pilates has been something that mm. i've done pretty consistently i mean everything in this current situation has been on pause but i would supplement distance with pilates and yoga um sporadically and i think that that's something that has always been useful for me um, especially when we're talking about a very isolated area of the body that doing um is, is gonna help you build muscles in in specific areas and build up a strong core which is all helpful but i think having the ability to get on a cross trainer for an hour and you're not really putting any stress on your body but you're going through the the motions with that that's been really useful um I think that that's something that has helped the situation. I think doing the, the the exercises that are specifically targeting the the muscles around that area have been super useful, and then supplementing that with just kind of um, mostly consistent uh, cross training and strength training um, to do that. I know that we'd always we always want to do more mm-hmm. than we do. I feel actually planking has been a, a good thing. Um, just doing that for a, a couple of minutes a, a day um that has not done a, a general effect and i think often i find myself wondering what is impacting how this feels today because the base level is like it's not i'm not always in pain but there's a like a, an awareness of it and i'm like was it cuz i had those fancy shoes on yesterday is that why my like hip <laughs> is hurting is like is that the deal or is it because i went a little bit too hard or was it because i missed my my pilates session like what is the thing that's like impacting that. Um, but I, I would definitely say that keeping regular strength training is, uh, is a useful way to, to balance that. Cause I can't do, I can't do a lot of speed work. I'll try speed work and then I'll be like, Oh God, that's, that was- <laughs> that's me done. That's me done for a week. But it is funny because you have that moment where you're just like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And you're looking at it like I'm doing the thing that i have like, I haven't, I don't look at my time off the my watch anymore, but I look down like, Whoa, you're like rocking. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Now I'm going to be like
1: hobbling around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah (laughs) well and it makes sense for for your specific situation that doing the pilates doing the the core work the planking um i mean strength training in general of course but anything that's focused on the hips and the core i mean it's, it's so beneficial for us as runners anyway but you look at the at the labrum and what again what what is the the purpose of the labrum in your hip it's to keep your hip joint intact and keep it stable and keep it you know going through the range of motion but but not you know Popping out is kind of a bit of a drastic way of saying it, but not wiggling around in, in the joint. Um, and so, you know, if, if there is, you know, there's a tear in the labrum. So it's the integrity of that structure is, is compromised a bit. But if you can, you know, like you found with the course and, and some of the, the stuff that you're doing there and just strength training, the hips and the core in general, you know, those muscles are able to help to keep things in place. So, you know, the more, and again, those are all beneficial for us as runners anyway, but, but for you specifically, it makes even, even more sense. So it's, you know, here's me putting on my, my uh, hypocritical hat of even, you know, making that, that, that the priority that needs to be and making sure that those things get done. Because, you know, again, if you want to keep running for the rest of your life, then, then we all need to be doing that type of stuff. But uh, maybe it's even, if I can say it's even more important for, for you and other folks that are in a similar type of situation, um, you know, it, it really is, uh, I don't want to say a game changer, but it, it it makes it a lot easier, a lot less strain on your body to to you know when the the hips and the core and stuff are strong. So keep at it, my friend. It's it's uh, going to be a key for you going forward, no doubt. Yeah. So as we're uh, kind of at that that point of, of wrapping up, gotta gotta ask a philosophical question, which I'm I'm a little uh, um, I don't know. I'm not that I'm struggling to come up with one, but it's like I feel like a lot of the common ones we've kind of Touched on and, and gotten into uh, a few yeah, times. Yeah, mine's all philosophy. Yeah, <laughs> which which I like it. Like that's that's a lot a lot of fun. But uh, um, I think I think maybe nah. Um, whatever. Let's let's do let's do kind of a variation on one of the the common ones. So the, the what has running taught you about yourself is a pretty common one, and we've kind of got into some of that that today as as well with kind of just difference in, in you know your personality and kind of how how things have evolved. But be curious to know maybe what has running taught you about others, you know, whether it's the the folks that you run with, like your, your, your friends that you run with all the time, folks that you've met, um, on, on, you know, through team and training online running community, maybe folks that aren't runners, but have supported you through, through the fundraising and stuff that you've done. Um, what has, what, what have you learned about other folks, uh, throughout this, this journey of your, your last five years or so of, of being a part of the, the running community?
0: Yeah, I think that everybody has a story. Um, and that's something to always think about is that you just learn that every single runner is running with a backstory. Um, they're either somebody who loves running uh and has loved it their whole entire life and it means so much to them. They're somebody who's um been running to, you know, maybe battle um weight or like general fitness. Um people who are involved with organizations have reasons to be there, like they have context for why they do it. And I think inherently people are just so nice and kind. Um that you have people who do the water stops and they're going to stand out there in the the sun uh, and give you a cup of water and like that you know it's the most the thing that our body needs the most is is water, is so, so important and to be like i'm giving you this mm-hmm. like to help you keep going um really is um like it's just monumental and i'm always impressed with how um willing people are to give up time and how supportive people are and people are Quick to congratulate and say like thanks for it, and I think that that's really interesting. And I think it's funny because I think a lot about running as a, it teaches me about other people and teaches me about myself and community. And but it's something that you do by yourself a lot. And I think that that's an interesting thing because it you're you're spending time thinking about yourself and how you interact with it. I've I've heard people on your show talk about their experience of running and when they see runners. And like how that looks mm-hmm. where like they give a wave and they give a nod and it's like, all great. And it's camaraderie. And then I think uh, about like where I am and there's so many runners all the time, like everyone is running in isolation and no one really says hello. Uh, and no one like takes the time to to do that nod. And that's interesting. I think that that's fascinating because I think that um, sometimes I'm a little bit jealous when I hear people like, oh, I, oh, there's this person I see every morning. We like doff our cap. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'll, I'll run past people and, I not necessarily nodding and waving and then knowing that that person who's not nodding and waving at me, it's probably not a slight. It's just where, where we're like, we're with a lot of people. We're not necessarily, we're kind of all sitting on top of each other in a sea. but like, I'm not assuming bad on their part. I'm like, they're probably just doing that thing and it's cool. They're not, they're not trying to uh, um, be rude. They're not trying to, to, to do, um, you know, be, be unfriendly. And I think, Assuming good intent of other people is something that I've learned. Because whenever you have a situation where you actually do interact with somebody, like, oh cool, you're like just like me, uh, and you're like, you know, in that that space. And I think I see it in levels of degrees of. I actually tried setting up a, a running group in March. Like, uh it was a the, the premise of it was like it's queer runners. The idea is that like everybody's body's different. Come together run a distance, have a little bit of community at the end. And I think that that's something that I hear people talk a lot about is that's important, like the running community. And I think sometimes you can intentionally try and build one. Uh, and that's what my plan was. But then, uh, Your timing
1: yeah, wasn't great. <laughs>
0: my timing was definitely, was, was definitely not great. Um, but I think, uh, people's capacity and their willingness to, to share, um, what they've learned with others is really there. Like, I feel like I've dabbled my toe in so many different things in the five years, um, like everything, like I said, any hot topic that somebody is, has talked about on your show, like I've kind of tried it and I've been in it. Um, and just that sharing experience with people and be like, Oh, I experienced this. People will be just as generous with their experiences. And they'll be like, well, this is what works for me. Like when I run, this is what I think about. Like I do a mantra and it's like, cool. That's nice that you're sharing that with me. Um, so I guess I've learned a lot of positive stuff about human beings. Um, and I've learned, you know, that that's, inherent in us, uh, or can be, can be drawn out very easily with running.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I, as per usual, I'm going to try not to, to muddy the water, but I'm going to encourage you to, you know, once, once the COVID situation, hopefully sooner rather than later, but once it all kind of resolves itself, I, I, I would love to hear you, you know, trying to set that group up because I think that could be a, a, an awesome thing. And, and just, you know, building that community and, and bringing people together is, is a cool thing. I've, I've tried to do it online, but boy, doing it in person is even, even better. So, uh, love that idea and hope that's something that you take the ball and run with, uh, going forward. So guys, once again, uh, if you want to, you know, find out more about, I mean, not the bunch of links and websites and social medias and all that kind of stuff, but com slash eight, six, eight is the link today. He's in the Facebook group. You can come say hi to him there too, and, and connect a little bit. Um, but Um uh Mr. Cloak, thank you for uh for taking the time today for for sitting down. Good to good to catch up a bit. Uh good to hear some stories that uh I kind of already knew, good to hear some other stories that I definitely didn't know. Uh so I, I appreciate <laughs> appreciate the time and, and uh you know, as as I say every time, but I certainly mean it every time as well. I certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward and, and uh good luck with that ultra this fall. That's gonna be a, a lot of fun.
0: Thanks, Danny. Thanks for everything you do. We appreciate you.
1: Alright. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Ryan and myself, and as per usual, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from our conversation today. What was something we talked about that really kind of hit home with you? For me, probably no surprise, since it seemed like we kept coming back around to it, and I even kind of highlighted it a couple times, but the idea of kind of changing your perspective, evolving, if you will, over time, uh, is something that I think that, that for some of us, myself, absolutely included can be a little bit difficult. You know, I think sometimes we, we kind of feel like we've got our entrenched positions. You know, we've been doing whatever we've been running marathons for so long. The idea of like not running marathons or we've been a road runner for so long. Like we can't, I can't get on the trail. Um, I've been chasing the clock forever. I can't, I can't just run a race for fun. Um, yeah, you can, yeah, you can. And, and you know, like, like we talked about with, with Ryan today, it's it's a bummer that maybe it took an injury for him to really come around to changing kind of some of his perspective and, and changing some of uh, you know some of the reasons why and, and the, the ambitions that he has in the sport. Um, and and sometimes that's what it takes for all of us, right? It, it takes banging our head against the wall long enough to say, hey, maybe we should try a different a different route. But I think that sometimes there's folks that I've talked to, again, maybe myself at various times of uh, my running career where we just kind of feel like, oh, that might be something that would be fun, but I can't because I'm X, Y, Z. You know, oh, maybe it would be fun to to run, a, you know, do an, a Spartan event, but I can't because I'm a roadrunner and I just, I just can't do it. Like, you, you don't allow yourself to change your perspective or, you know, you've been chasing a time goal for so long that you, you feel like you can't Stop chasing it and, and shift your perspective to something else because, well, I've been this is what, what I've been doing. And clearly with, with Ryan's story and, and several points of it along the way, you know, it's okay to change your perspective. It's okay to change your focus. It's okay to change kind of maybe your why for running. And I think sometimes we think that it's not okay, but it is okay. And sometimes, maybe most of the time, it's helpful. It's healthy. It's the right thing to do because... You know, I, I've said this before once or twice and I'll hopefully maybe say it again once or twice when it's appropriate because I think it's 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 an important thing to remember that none of us are the same person we were six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, all right? We, we all change. We all grow, hopefully for the better, sometimes maybe not so much, but but we're always changing. We're, we're a different person tomorrow than we are today. As such, why can't our goals also change? Why can't our ambitions, our reasons, our, our you know... Things that we ex- are excited about in the sport of running and obviously across all areas of our life, why can't they also change? Why can't we change what we're, our, our reasons, our whys, our goals, just like everything else about us changes on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. So I think that's, that's my takeaway. It's just this, this idea that, you know, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your focus. It's okay to shift your goals. And as, as it relates to us as runners, as long as you're still running, you're still a runner. And you know what? If running ceases to be something you want to do, if you want to get into more into cycling or into swimming or into crossfitting or powerlifting or whatever, do it. Do it. Life's too short to be doing something that we don't want to do because we think we have to do it. All right? And so... Uh, I think that's that's the moral of the story for me. That's my takeaway is just that reminder that it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to, to change directions. It's okay to change focuses, foci, foci, whatever. It's okay, to, it's okay to change the thing that you're focused on. There we go, how about that? As long as you're doing things for you know the right reasons and in this case, and most of our cases because we enjoy it, right, when it comes to running. If you don't like running 5Ks anymore, which is why I don't run 5Ks anymore, don't run them. But if you get sick of the marathon, you want to try just going fast and hard, do it. Want to go longer on the trails. Do it. Change your focus. Change your mind. It's okay. It's okay. Which is uh, maybe even, even I don't know. I'm going to even stop that thought. I think it's a powerful thing to keep in mind on all areas of our life, all aspects. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to change your mind. Thank you for for. Putting that seed in my head, Ryan, and uh, everybody else listening. Uh, what about what's What seeds did Ryan plant for you? What thoughts are in your head now that weren't there an hour ago? Let me know at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can head over to the show notes today. we got some photos. we got some links to the things we talked about as well. Uh, And, of course, we've got uh, the comment bar down there at the bottom of the page. Dizruns.com slash 868 is that link. You can leave your thoughts and feedbacks, comments, and takeaways down there in the comment section. Always look forward to hearing what uh, stands out to you because sometimes it's the same thing. And, boy, sometimes it's something that completely... I missed, or it just didn't hit for me for some reason, but boy, it hits for you, and uh, I love hearing those different perspectives and hearing those different things, I and mean, that's uh, I love just talking about running anyway, it's obviously why I do this, so uh, let me know what stood out to you from today's episode, and uh, one last time, just a reminder, if you want to jump on the phone and maybe not talk just shopping fun and sharing stories, although well, if you want to do that, let me know, we can we can set up one of these uh, for you as well, but if you got an, an issue, something you're struggling with, you want a little uh, kind of coaching help, one-off consultation, if you will. Uh, I've got those available and uh, y'all have been taking me up on them, which is awesome. Keep it keep it coming. If I can keep helping you, that's what I want to do. Dizruns.com slash consultation. All that information is there and uh, get on my calendar and we can get on the phone and hopefully uh, help you out. Uh, if you have any questions, let me know. And until next time, y'all thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, hit that share button, send it, spread the word, tell a friend. That's always appreciated. Share it on social media, whatever. Uh, anything you can do certainly is appreciated. And even if you don't or you can't, no worries. Just tune in next time. That's appreciated too. And until then, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you guys.